Hi folks, this is Jesse Kill, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate, as always, y'all giving me a few minutes of your day. Hope y'all get something out of it. Assume that you do if you're coming back. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, I hope it helps y'all a little, hope it helps our country a little bit. And I'm incredibly grateful that you're willing to share. So thank y'all, as always. We're going to take one of our little walks. Have nobody today. Dogs have found something more interesting to go chase. Off in the woods, you can kind of hear them. Uh, Oh, no, no, they're coming back. So we'll see. All right. So, I, I I try to, for those of y'all that have listened to this podcast for any length of time, I try and stay out of, there's one puppy dog, yeah, our three-legged wolf, yes, and uh, I try and stay out of current political events, at least directly. All of this kind of ties into and we talk about them in generalities almost every episode, but specific events, uh, you know, we talked about Uvalde a week or so ago. I guess maybe once a week we do this. Um, <laughs> one of y'all actually put this on my radar, uh, whose feedback I'm very grateful for to say the least. And so even though you don't know them, you can blame them for this. This came, you know what, this was last week sometime, I guess right at the beginning of June. And this is from my beloved Marine Corps, who if you don't know, truly is. My my priorities that I try, we talk about priorities on this podcast, my priorities that I try and stick to our God, family, country, and core. Cores, you know, just for me personally, I think the first three have to be almost for every American citizen if we really want this country to turn around. The last one is just mine. And this was a posting on Twitter, an official posting on the U.S. Marines account. Throughout June, the USMC takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQ service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. Hashtags on this tweet were Pride, Pride Month, USMC. One of you, uh, a couple of y'all have, have talked to me about not getting too spun up and I'm going to do my best folks, but the, the amount of anger that I feel at this and, and betrayal and hurt at this particular comment by the Marine Corps is extreme. When I went through the Marine Corps, The two top priorities 
the Marine Corps had that they told us constantly to focus on with our Marines as officers and leaders were one mission accomplishment and two troop welfare. And within mission accomplishment, the, the, the goal of the Marine Corps, whether you like it or not, whether it's publicly, you know, politically correct today or not, it is to close with and destroy the enemy, to kill the enemy, to win our nation's wars. That's the job. That's really the job of all the branches, but in particular, that's the way we phrased it often in the Marine Corps. And any of y'all that have been in would recognize those. This tweet here violates both principles. It has nothing to do with mission accomplishment. It makes mission accomplishment less feasible, not more. And it, it does not take care of troops. It hurts them. So whoever's in charge, Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, Sergeant Majors out there, flag level officers, general officers, commandant, not that they're going to listen to me because what? You know, I'm just some random podcast. But the leaders in the Marine Corps right now are violating, allowing to be violated if they somehow don't know that this is going on, which I would find shocking. Both principles, both of the main two principles, mission accomplishment and troop welfare. So let's let's break this down a little bit uh, because it's it's. I've talked about the Marine Corps. It's been a while since I've done a podcast just specifically on them. But this is really disturbing for us as a country, folks. And I'm going to see if I can kind of work my way through this, stumble my way, and, and pull this all together in a way that y'all, that makes sense. So a couple things to note here, um, because we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ movement pretty heavily. <laughs> Makes sense, right? In so up until 1972 or 73, I believe, homosexuality was listed as a mental illness, right? And then in 1973, the American Psych Psychiatric Association removed the diagnosis of homosexuality uh, from the second edition of its diagnostic and statistical manual, right? So they, they removed it from being listed as a mental illness, okay? Uh, sometime around 2012, I think, again, American Psychiatric Association revised its diagnostic and statistic manual of mental disorders, and it no longer listed being transgender as a mental disorder. I'm gonna pull those in in a minute, but okay, so 1972-73, up until then, Homosexuality was listed as a mental disorder. Up until about 2012, transgenderism was listed as a mental disorder, which would both disqualify you. Anything listed as a mental disorder is going to disqualify you from service in the military because obviously, right, you're not mentally capable of functioning. You can't be completely trusted, right? Because sometimes people with mental disorders, if you know anything about it, they seem relatively functional from the outside, but you get them in a situation like war, and all of a sudden, not only do you have to worry about the enemy in front of you, you've got to worry about the man beside you. So, 
what else besides just this? How, how, how else are we pulling this in, right? So if you're not familiar, oh God, Thomas is the last name, NCAA swimmer, is breaking significant records in swimming at the collegiate level, breaking women's records. He's a man pretending to be a woman, right? Another one, this is from a few years ago, but if you don't realize, this is in our high schools too. Uh, there's a, I cannot remember this. This is a couple years old, maybe two or three years. But there was a group of, let me hear, I'll just read it. This is from an article a couple years ago. These issues have come to a head in Connecticut where a conservative Christian group called Alliance Defending Freedom has filed a legal complaint on behalf of three high school athletes who are seeking to bar transgender girls from competing in the girls category. In Connecticut, as in more than a dozen other states, high school athletes are allowed to compete in the category that matches their gender identity, basically what they want to pretend they are. According to ADF legal counsel Christina Holcomb, two transgender athletes, Miller and another runner, Andrea Yearwood, have amassed 15 different state championship titles that were once held by nine different girls. So these are two boys that have taken 15 different state championship titles away from girls across the state. Same thing in the NCAA. When you're having men competing in these female categories, they're going to start to take away championships, which they already are. And then you're going to start to see scholarships get taken away. And this is not, this is not illogical, folks. This is where this all started out. This all goes back to feminism. When we started to pretend that men and women were the same, were interchangeable, weren't different, that we didn't have different roles and responsibilities given to us by God, by the creator, which was our whole country has been founded on. This is the logical conclusion or not conclusion, but this is a logical step on that path. We now have men pretending to be women. Okay, so we got the little sports part. We talked a little bit about the Marine Corps. And we're going to come back to that again in a minute. We talked about the mental illness aspect of this, how it up until 73 for homosexuality and 2012 for transgenderism. So now I'm going to go back to this Churchill biography that I've been leaning pretty heavily on. Why does this all matter? Uh, why is this, as I said at the beginning, why is this such a big deal? Well, for a number of reasons, but this is just going to give us a little bit of clue. Okay. Churchill was warning of Germany's yearning for revenge, but the casual visitor to Berlin that fall of 1932 would have seen few signs of it. The Zitadel, the monumental government buildings over which the Kaisers had reigned, seemed more effet, I didn't pronounce that right, feminine basically, than Paris and devoid of that indefinable tone which had once given the city its Lutheran ambiance an air of hard, clean, righteous, high purpose, of noble masculinity, of Spartan Persian virtues at their most demanding and most admirable. Now all that was gone. Berlin was, in fact, conspicuous for its lack of any virtue, whatever. It had become the new Babylon. 
Before the Great War, it had been Paris which had seethed with sinful romance, illicit intrigue. If you wanted to spend a weekend with your young secretary, you asked cooks to book you a suite near the place. Hotel, I can't pronounce it, folks. In those days, Pagal, the mean streets behind Les Hollis, the notorious mansions of joy in the winding little rue, a block from Notre Dame, had been the most lurid attractions for those exploring what then passed for European decadence. No more. It was now Berlin. Along the Kurfürstendamm, the main street drag, wrote Stevens Wig, powdered and robed young men sauntered. And in the dimly lit bars, one might see men of the world of finance courting drunken sailors. While at transvestite balls, hundreds of men costumed as women and hundreds of women as men danced under the benevolent eye of the police. Over two million young German women were destitute widows. The more desperate and attractive of them became prostitutes, seeking prey in the alleys. Among them were masculine whores with whips, and mothers in their early thirties teamed with their teenage daughters to offer mother and daughter sex. Tourists were shocked by the more infamous night spots. The Apollo, the Monocle for lesbians, and the White Mouse, whose most sensational performer and the role model for thousands of German girls in the Weimar years was Anita Berber, who danced naked mainlined cocaine and morphine, and made love to men and women sprawled atop bars, bathed in spotlights, while voyeurs stared and fondled one another. Anita was dead at 29, so by then was the Weimar Republic. It was in these years that Europeans began importing not only movies, but also the most trivial and seemiest exports of American mass culture. Everyone knew about prohibition gangsters and how they led to political corruption. That made them attractive, even fascinating. There was another line here, folks, that I wanted to read, and I can't remember. But Italy kind of fell under this, too, this American mass culture. There was a 22-year-old Alberto Moravia devoted his first novel, The Time of Indifference, to the devastating parable of depravity in Rome. Uh, and then a lot of other things we imported or we didn't. Germany did. So let me try and tie all this together, folks. The homosexuality, the LGBTQ movement was rampant in Germany in the 30s. Nazis took over, led to horrific war, uh, the Holocaust. Here in America, we've been on a little bit slower pace, but we have taken homosexuality and LGBTQ out of the category of mental disorder where they should have been. And not only, we're not even touching on the fact that this is absolutely destroying families, marriages. Okay, but those two steps... Right. You start to see this in athletics, women's athletics. You can see the changes in culture. You see the way movies and books talk about these now. And now we have the Marine Corps promoting and the other branches do, too, folks. I'm just picking on the Marine Corps right now because it just came across my radar because I was a Marine. 
promoting not mission accomplishment and troop welfare, but the exact opposite, hurting Marines, promoting things that cause this devastation. And that's our, that's supposed to be our premier warfighting unit. We're, we're, we're ripping ourselves apart, making ourselves weaker and inviting this evil into our nation and our military. While other countries around the world are growing stronger, we're growing weaker. And really, the, the more dangerous aspect that we talk about so often here, folks, it's not China and Iran, although those are valid threats. You can talk about that from the point of view of us starting a war or them starting a war. You know, if you look at the, the comparison with Nazi Germany we just read through. But the point is, however this ends, it's going to end poorly. And the greatest danger is from within. The greatest danger here is is us ripping ourselves apart like Lincoln talked about. I haven't used that quote in a while, but we've imagined in the vanity of our own hearts that we did all this, that we don't need God. And, and the, you know, Lincoln said that the only way we're going to fall is internally. We're never going to be taken over from an external force. It doesn't mean we can't get in a horrible war that would cause, like World War One and Two, so much death and pain. But we're not going to fall eternally. But if we turn around and, and we find ourselves in a civil war again, which we are headed straight toward, it's going to be horrible. And yet, here we are making the same mistakes others have made in history and inviting the same kind of evil into our families, our marriages, our families, our military now. I guess at the end of the day, folks, I just wanted to put that out there. So if you're not aware of it, you're aware of it now. We are absolutely following the same footsteps. And if we don't start to turn around in our personal lives and in our public lives and get back to God and force those people Elect people that follow God and Jesus Christ, like John Jay, our first Supreme Court Chief Justice, said. We've got to do that if we can still turn this around at the ballot box. All right. I've taken enough of y'all's time today. Lord knows that felt like a just mixed up jumble, but hopefully it kind of made sense. And at least you're aware of a few things and aware of a little bit of history now and why this is so dangerous. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me. I hope that y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time again and for continuing to share the podcast. Uh, Patrick Henry, that quote about wherever you have this sphere of influence, whatever it is that you do, spread the truth just a little bit. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.